Welcome to Pod Me If You Can. I'm David Farrell. And I'm Lloyd Hughes. And if you're listening to this, you might have already been to our website and downloaded this, but if you haven't, head to www.podmeifyoucan.com. Um, it's our website where all our old podcasts that you might have missed live, and you can always sort of download our back catalogue. Um, a quick note on spoilers, we're discussing films on our podcast here after having watched them, so if you don't want crucial details of the films ruined, it might be a good idea to watch them before listening to the rest of this. Today we're talking Super, which, I mean, I feel like I need to have another disclaimer here. Uh, we are a clean podcast, but the content of this film is very heavily adult, and we may venture into some dark and not-so-clean places. That's true. Uh, we won't be cursing at all, but... Uh, basically, the content is going to be of a very adult nature this time, so I feel like I need to to mention that at the head of this podcast. Lloyd, uh, it was your choice of film. I wanted to ask you, what drew you to this film? I, I'm really curious to hear what you have to say about this, what you thought about it. Um, I was told, I was recommended this film. I think I saw a review of it on Red Letter Media, and they were very positive about it, and I had to see it, and... I really liked it, and when this opportunity came up to do this on Pod Me If You Can, I just had to. I just had to recommend this film yep. to you. And what do you think? All right, there were elements of this film that I hated. <laughs> I've got to say, um, there were things I thought, oh well, that's pretty cool. But there was a lot of stuff I thought made it really mismatch. Um, mismatched, sorry. Um, it had some horror elements. It had some superhero elements. There was part of a love story in there. There was a lot of stuff, but it didn't really come together for me as a great film. Um, this might be because I've seen Kick-Ass, and this film has a lot of really similar things to Kick-Ass. I thought it was a real version of Kick-Ass, like if they tried to really knuckle down and try to make a real, you know, hero. The first, the first thing I thought was um, that it's a little bit like Taxi Driver. Yeah, and I thought that was probably why you'd picked it and, and liked it. Yeah, um, that's more, a very good point. With more of a superhero edge, how how did you find it like Taxi Driver? Yes, well, Taxi Driver is probably the ultimate film on asking what is a hero, and a hero is insane. Is a vigilante goes out there and takes matters into his own hands and etc. This was very much like that. Very similar themes, like a pimp. Um, uh, you know, in Taxi Driver, in Taxi Driver, taking full control of this girl and this renegade guy, sort of just goes in and handles matters matters himself with his own you know uh, take on the world you you know you really in taxi driver you really projected um into the character's point of view it's the ultimate point of view to point of view film you're actually in the mind of um travis bickle um in played super, by robert de niro played by robert de niro for those of super. you who haven't seen it sorry <laughs> no you're right um and super is very similar to that you projected like his hallucinations are brought to reality you're seeing you know what he believes is god telling him to go out there and um take you know do what's right and so forth and mm. that's what he does you know yeah i mean i sort of i guess there's a two percent of the population that think that way. <laughs> yeah, oh, and, it's a sick film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, that sort of have that kind of capacity for being psychotic and um, violent like this. And whereas sort of 98%, I'd like to think I'm in, yeah. <laughs> um, found it really difficult to relate to. Yeah. And uh, as a lead, I mean, I've seen films where the lead is unlikable, you know, um, but this this one is like beyond unlikable. Yeah, you, you know? really don't like this guy. He, he's murderous <laughs> yeah. and selfish and uh, like petty, and um, I don't know. He there's there's an opening of this film. Um, the animated opening was pretty crazy and phenomenal. I enjoyed mm. it. Um, but at the very beginning, you learn that he has two great moments in his life. One was where he married Liv Tyler, uh, which seems very much of a mismatch. Again, it's sort of like all right. It's later explained. We'll get to that. Um, and the second where he helped a policeman find a bag He went snatcher. that way, officer. Exactly. <laughs> Very funny. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there are lots of funny moments. It was, as the cover says, ridiculously amusing in parts. Um, but is this like uh, a portrait of a man who is about to go postal? You know? I mean, is this uh, somebody who is like uh what do you call it um like about to have a massacre you know if he didn't go this superhero way would he have just bought a gun and just taken out a lot it of probably people? should have been that way because at the end of taxi drive it's never really answered you know this crazy guy is still out there and he looks at the rearview mirror like this demon is still within him sort of thing and it flicks out and then just ends mm. in super 
I feel they sort of uh, relish the character or cherish the character at the end, like they treat him as a hero of sorts, but he wasn't a hero. He was a horrible, horrible, crazy man. <laughs> maybe, that, maybe that was part of the problem for me. I'd love to talk more about the ending um, uh, towards the end of the podcast, but that there was no punishment for all of his actions. That's right, yeah. It was really um, no payoff for so much of that he did. Um, one thing was paid off, and that was the Liv Tyler part. Um, well, she, he didn't get the girl in the end. He didn't. Um, but she, he, he was just a part in her life that helped her get through yeah. these dark times, and that was good. I thought that was that was nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, that actually really um, because resonated. if he had got with the girl at the end, that would just been stupid. It would have. Yeah, yeah, they were completely mismatched the whole yeah. time. Um, it did sort of make me think the end doesn't justify the means, though. You can't kill someone and say they could have been Hitler you know what I mean um, it just felt like that didn't justify his actions yeah the morality was very twisted in, in this film it had it's definitely its own code in mm-hmm. a strange way which sure. I thought was good like it's better than the traditional you know yeah yeah, yeah for yeah. sure um, do you watch the US office with Rain no, Wilson no I don't no I never got into it I saw about three episodes <laughs> so Rain Wilson is uh, Dwight in the office he's the lead actor in this film Super it's very funny and he's very popular but as a leading man he's only had really as far as i'm aware one other role which was the rocker um where he plays kind of a washed up older rocker who joins a tween like teenage band and he's the adult there but he's acting like a yeah, child Yeah, and i have a feeling he can play he can only play those limited roles just the way how he looks and presents himself yeah very yeah. interesting well actually there's there's that opening sort of monologue where he's praying to god um, at the beginning, and he's talking about his stupid hair and his dumb face and his um, how everyone's oh, sort of laughing sad. Yeah, yeah. at him. Yeah, and I mean, it doesn't endear the character to you. He could like very profoundly say how he's had a lot of challenges or something. I know that was all there for comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but all that sort of stuff just makes you go, "Oh, I don't like this person from the beginning." You know, and initially I was thinking, "Okay, Liv Tyler's left him. That's tough luck," you know, kind of thing. And um, I thought she'd left him for Kevin Bacon and that you find out there's a a drug angle involved in this, that she's um, taking drugs again and stuff. But initially I just thought, she's left you, she didn't leave a note, maybe move on, you know, just felt like sad for him, but not as if Mm. I could relate. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. It was sort of a a crazy way of introducing us to someone as well, like no friends, no friends sort of yeah the the prayers about sort of how he's a loser and stuff yeah you know. anyway. I love that um, show he's watching the religious show of the superhero <laughs> that was great <laughs> yeah I don't know what to make of that <laughs> I mean yeah he watches this religious show over the top picture of Power Rangers I guess or like a really uh, a comical take on of a 60s Batman I guess yeah it's called the Holy Avenger the Holy and, Avenger <laughs> and the main guy is um, Nathan Fillion who plays the Holy Avenger okay yeah uh, he was in uh, Serenity Firefly he was in oh yeah yeah uh, Castle the guy in Castle, Castle. right the yeah, main yeah, guy who plays Castle yeah <laughs> it was great <laughs> yeah the director is actually the director of this film Super um, is James Gunn and he actually plays the devil in the TV series like uh, who is against the Holy Avenger? There's a devil. Oh right, wearing a devil in a paint <laughs> mask. Um, they made a film together called Slither. Uh, it's a horror film that Nathan Fillion's in, and um, it made me think that's probably why he got that part and was probably a favor to the director because he was hardly in it. And I wondered if he would have been a less pathetic leading man, Nathan Fillion. <laughs> Do you think the film could have worked if Nathan Fillion was, yes, was playing the main role? He would have been fantastic as the lead, main leading I role. I think you could have. He ma- would have been more likable, though. Yes. <laughs> we would have had a better jawline for a superhero It wouldn't well. have had that mean sour face the whole but, time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know that's where some of the laughs come from, but I feel like Nathan Fillion was on Two Guys a Girl in a Pizza Place, and he did a lot of funny stuff in that show, and he has a comedy streak through him. I mean, you see Castle is cheeky, you know what I mean? Yeah. If you'd uh, messed up his hair a bit, given him a bit of facial hair at the beginning that he shaves off to become the superhero, I really could see this being a really great film with Nathan Fillion in the lead. Because he would be more likable. And probably yeah. more realistic. Yeah. That, you know, people would be more drawn to him, you know? Um, that Ellen Page's character, who is Balty, 
that she would be attracted oh, she to was him. Fantastic, you know. Wasn't she? <laughs> yeah, it was a very left turn role for her. Oh yeah, uh, some of the I, that that was a big issue I had with some of the films. Like some of the scenes she was doing, I just felt awkward watching. And I think that was the point of it to really put you in that that perspective. But I was just like, she played it great, but some of the things she had to do, <laughs> oh man. Yeah, she's um she's showing off her like superhero costume a couple of times and um rain wilson's character frank he says oh that's inappropriate and stuff and he like verbalizes it he says that's inappropriate that's inappropriate you know like he knows she's a young kid and she says she's 22 in the um the film like um yeah she looks a lot younger than that (laughs) she does she does these two work together in um juno oh that's right yep he was at the very beginning you know where she bought the uh the drink and had to take the pregnancy test so that's the the relationship there the director james gunn was married to jenna fisher now she's in the office as well and so she recommended he pass the script to um rain wilson who's also in the u.s series of the office rain wilson recruited ellen page so this is really like a film that very easily could have never happened mm. you know um even though he as i as i said i think nathan fillion would have been amazing in this film and i felt he was really wasted as the holy avenger yeah tiny (laughs) tiny role i thought that was great (laughs) let's talk about the most obvious thing about this film have you seen kick-ass i have seen kick-ass thoughts i i liked it it was a bit bit too much um at the end um it was just crazy over the top action sequences towards the end like it was just too long i felt but it was fun it was a lot of fun that movie uh very comic book style you know and everything like that and i thought super was the realistic approach um to the same subject matter but yeah because they coincided around the same time i guess super didn't have that bankability well the um both films came out in 2010 um we I don't think we got super in um theaters at all. So um the billing on the DVD was very interesting to me where it says far better than Kickass. <laughs> and uh if you could just read that out who is that actually from? Who said it's far better than Kickass? Reeling reviews. Well, I do not agree. <laughs> <laughs> I found um all right, let's talk this out. Kickass was about a teen, right? Super was about a fully grown man who I think should probably know better than to do this. Mm. I think um, super, like being a superhero, just we'll take that out of, off the table. Being a superhero, um, I feel like is a rich Bruce Wayne style person's game or a young kid who doesn't know any better kind of game. You put this kind of fry cook who's, let's say, becoming 40-ish, um, 36 or something. I don't know how old he is supposed to be in this, but... Um, if you put him in tights and stuff, it just seems like very unfeasible. You say it's the more realistic yeah. sort of superhero movie, yep. but it's not realistic to me because I find that he gets in his car to do getaways and his license plate's there. You know, in this world of everyone having phones and uh, video in their pocket, you know, somebody would have taken the license plate but he's never arrested the especially police. that scene where he hits that guy in the, on yep. the line with the yeah yeah, yeah. yeah we'll talk about that scene but yeah in that scene he changes in the car in front of everyone in the space of 30 <laughs> seconds everyone sees him do that everyone knows who he is like comes over and whacks him his su- secret identity is not a surprise at any point you know people find it out very easily should have been killed many times you know I know it's 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 a comedy um but I don't think it's better than Kick-Ass. Well, what do you think of uh, Nick Cage then as Batman? Don't you think he was... Well, I think Nick Cage was great in Kick-Ass. Yeah, yeah. He but... wasn't really Batman, though. He was like... A... Well, well, he's playing Adam West, the... Yeah. It's, it seemed like he had a lot more sort of financial means in Kick-Ass sure, to yeah, yeah. be a superhero. Um, whereas, like, he wasn't driving around in a car with a license plate kind of thing, you know. Yeah. He was training his daughter, who I guess you can... can pair hit girl to bolty in this quite yep. a bit you know um even though she's 22 and i don't know how old hit girl is 14 or something ridiculous yeah. um but i felt like uh there was a more solid love story in kick-ass as well because mm. when you have a teen you can have a teenage love story and everyone will accept the fact that it's sort of more of a puppy love it's not necessarily like their soulmates kind of thing um in this one i wondered a few times whether or not you know he shouldn't just move on 
or um, accept the fact that it was over and be more realistic about yeah. it. I mean, yeah. people get divorced all the time. There's a 50% divorce rate in the US. And if he's getting divorced from Liv Tyler, he had a good run. You know what I mean? She was a recovering drug and alcohol, you know, mm. um, addict. And uh, she cleaned up for a while and then didn't and then was with him for a while. And it just didn't work out. You know, people have problems. If it was more realistic, maybe she should have said something to him, but she was really unlikable. We'll get to that. Yeah. Liv um, Tyler. Yeah. 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 Um, there was a less psychotic kind of sidekick, I think. She was like, Bolty in this was giddy whenever any any kind of horrible action was taking place. She was crazy. She was yeah. in that 2% I talked about. <laughs> she was a young, crazy kid. <laughs> and I find in Kick-Ass there was like that YouTube hero where he, he was filmed, as I said, in that world of people having phones in their pocket. They used that, had it part of his origin story. He was a YouTube sensation. And it's a much better kind of way of introducing a hero than having the Crimson Bolt, who is the superhero in Super... Uh, he sits around in the sun waiting for crime to happen. And I know that's just for comedy. Yeah. <laughs> but if we're going to argue that it's more realistic... Yeah, yeah. Um, it is realistic that he wouldn't find crime yeah. for a while. That happened. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I'll tell you a quote from uh, the director, if you like. James Gunn, who is the director of Super, was asked the question, um, you know, about comparisons with, with Kick-Ass. Kick-Ass. And uh, he described Super as a movie about a guy who's on his own sort of spiritual quest and it just happens to wear a superhero costume during it. But it's really about the guy and not the costume. Interesting. How do you find that? I mean, it's the well, where, what, Whereas what Kick-Ass is blatantly a comic book adaptation. I mean, he has to hide his identity in Kick-Ass. I think he understands that. But I think in this, he's misguided in Super. Yeah. It feels like... Um, if it is a spiritual quest, there's a lot of religious stuff we can talk about in a sec, but um, it just feels misplaced, you know, and as if he's he's had some kind of mental episode. Yeah, well, he's a sick man. Um, oh, yeah. You get that from the beginning, yeah, yeah. And um, all of his hallucinations are externalised, like you're actually seeing God come into it and, yeah. um, you know, so forth like that. Um, yeah, I could see that um, as a spiritual journey, I guess. Very loosely. <laughs> <laughs> I guess if we compare it to um, Taxi Driver, would you say Taxi Driver is a spiritual journey? Yes, I could see that. So yeah, if we're, they're, they're very similar in yeah. that way then. All right, well, let's talk about Ellen Page, who uh, clearly was doing a favour. Everybody worked for scale in this film. Wow. So, it was um, very low budget. Low I got budget. that, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there wasn't much on the screen until the end with all the explosions and everything. There's a... a epic kind of sequence towards the end where all his gadgets are used and they use pipe bombs they made and lots of gunfire and a lot of deaths towards the end and that- I, I liked it how the action really hurt like if he, he hit somebody over the head with a wrench and they went down you yeah. know it really showed you the violence is very bad you know and in fact they kill off one of the main characters brutally she gets her head blown off you know yeah. it's just like jeez and he gets shot in the leg you know he's limping around oh yeah so the wrench thing, I mean, they show him testing the wrench on that watermelon, or, or I don't know what it was, uh, but he splits it and says, that'll do, you know, <laughs> immediately. <laughs> As his weapon, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, um, all right, well, Ellen Page, she's a big star from Juno. She's the money in this as well, I think, because it adds credibility to Rain Wilson, you know, um, giving him a Kevin Bacon, a Liv Tyler, and Ellen Page to work with. It makes him a better seeming lead because you'll watch the film for the other people as well, won't you? I mean, it feels like a really good move to have her in the film. Um, But I think her character was absolutely insane. Yeah, no, she was. She was absolutely crazy. Young, crazy kid. um, And she's just willing to throw herself into these dangerous scenarios. And it's a bit of confusion what Rain Wilson... Should he be the father figure? Is he a lover? Is he, you know, that's ambiguous, treated, you know... But they are these partners... In, in heroism going in together sort of thing. You almost said partners in crime. Crime, yeah. Well, they are, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, because the, the things that they do are basically criminal activity. Yeah. Like, everything they're doing is, is breaking the law, which, again, seems like a really big contradiction. Um, you know, how can you be doing the work of God in this, and how can you um, 
be splitting people's heads open who cut in line and also be doing sort of, you know... Yeah, well, that's what a hero um, really is. If you were to take a realism approach on Batman, he is he is a, a villain, isn't he? He's beating up people um, that can barely afford to pay, um, you know, uh, that are stealing to feed their kids, or he's beating up people that are sick, that really need help. You know, Batman in himself is an insane person. Um, and that's what Taxi Driver was about. Uh, Taxi Driver Travis Bickle. Although he's like a hero, he takes down a pimp and he's um, he, there's cutting to articles like how this taxi driver's a hero. But throughout the whole film, um, you, but prior to that climax, you know he's insane. He's a sick guy. He was about to kill the president, for crying out loud. You know, And he takes matters into his own hands, kills the pimp, pimp Harvey Keitel, and then everything's okay. But it's not. And same thing in Super, it's... You know, these people aren't right. <laughs> you know, they're very sick and twisted people. But they take down a pimp, and I guess, you know. <laughs> I mean, um, if you haven't seen Taxi Driver, you know, it's probably been spoiled for you on this podcast. <laughs> but, I mean, you have had 30 years, so I feel like it's a pretty big window. You could have seen it, I guess. Yeah. Um, but it's a great film, and you should check it out. I was going to say, the the scene where they are beating up the guy who maybe keyed her friend's car. Yeah. And she says, Frank, she says his name a whole bunch of times. You know, it's as if she's never read a comic book before. And cut and everything. Oh. Yeah. And she was so giddy, as I said. She's... When she drove that car into that henchman's kneecaps, basically. Um, psychotic. She's... She just feels like she's she's off the charts, you know. How old was she supposed to be in the film? She said she was 22. 22. But yeah. we don't know for sure, or she actually is 22. I assume she's sure. 22. Yeah. Like, I mean, I guess it's possible she lied to him. But she works in a comic book store, and she lives in her own apartment. It seems feasible yeah. that she's 22. Um, I thought this film was... We'll talk about some of the good and bad elements yep. of it, because there are things I did like. Um, it felt like a great film for fans of horror films. And people who love sort of that homemade effects, you know, early Peter Jackson and early the Sam gore. Raimi. Yeah, the gore and stuff yeah. as well. As um, the Crimson Bolt had to make a lot of his own gadgets, you know, um, pipe bombs and homemade stuff, there was sort of well-executed effects in that third act where it's all that action, you know. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was all really pretty stunning. Like, um, they did really well on, on the budget that they had. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, but... One of the things that I, I felt was nuts was the God stuff. Do you yeah. want to explain if, if anyone... Um, it, it, I guess at the start of it, they open it up like it's going to be like a comic book stylized movie. But when it gets to the violence, it's really hard hitting. It's just like, wow, a wrench. If you hit somebody over the head with a wrench, they will, you will hurt them, you know, very, very badly. Mm. Um, and then we're taken to these almost like dream sequences where it's treated almost as if it is actually happening. Like he sees God and stuff like that. The whole room opens up and God appears and everything like that. And it's treated like, obviously you're in his mindset, but yeah, it's treated um, as if it's actually happening. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what he's seeing. Yeah. There was um, a series of tentacle things that came into the house that looked a little bit like the horror monsters from Slither. Um, I can't be sure because I haven't seen Slither in some time, but um, James Gunn's first film, I did wonder if um, those tentacles were just kind of leftover CGI from Slither. But they uh, buzz into his head and peel back the skin of his sort of top of his head and uh, the finger of God comes down and touches his brain, okay? Which, at the time, I thought those tentacles uh, looked alien, you know, that he was going to be abducted or something by this light. Yeah. It seemed more devil-like than, than God-like. It seemed like he was being attacked, not, you know, saved or... The Lord works in mysterious ways. <laughs> yeah, it was... I mean, it's open to interpretation. Obviously, yes. you can't say, that didn't look like God, you know, because we don't know what God looks yes. like, you know. You can't say God doesn't have tentacles, you know. I don't mean to go into a whole religious thing. It's just that it seemed more frightening than uh, it should have. Yes. Maybe. Yeah, no. Um, and also, the other thing that made me sort of uneasy about it was that the tentacles, there's a sequence where he's watching a pornographic cartoon uh, and this girl is being squeezed, she's naked and she's being squeezed by all these tentacles. Yeah, like a hontai, like a Japanese animation. Yeah. Sure. And um, that felt like she wasn't really enjoying it, you know, in the cartoon. And I thought... 
this tentacle thing is not a good thing. Yeah. You know, I didn't relate well to it because of the sort of, you link the two up and it just feels kind of wrong. Um, and also, just a quick note, this film is not suitable for young children. No, not at all. And if you look at the front cover, kids mm. would easily go, oh my gosh, it's a superhero movie, yep. you know, and pay attention to the R18 sticker. You yeah, know, yeah, exactly. Gosh. I mean, people are going to be watching this because they like Juno. You're going to get that young audience who go, um, oh, Ellen Page from Juno, I know her. Oh, that guy's from The Office. Cool. And it's billed as more of a comedy you know, than how super violent it can be at times. I've got to ask, what do you think of Kevin Bacon? All right, Kevin Bacon, I have always seen as a villain, you know, he never really struck me as a great leading man. You know, you've got that uh, Invisible Man movie, what's that one called? Whatever it is. Hollow Man. Hollow Man, that's the one. Uh, where he sort of became more horrible during it. Um, even though he was invisible, he became more of a bad guy. Uh, you've got him early Footloose stuff where he's sort of a kid where you're like okay yeah you know sort of leading man but then lately he was in X-Men First Class yeah. as the bad guy he was in uh, Crazy Stupid Love with Ryan Gosling as the the new man who um, Steve Carell's wife starts dating Yeah. Um, and he was in this and I think he's great as a bad guy I think he's found his niche I think he should continue to play sort of bad guy characters um, I thought it was fantastic yeah yeah, I, thought, I completely agreed with you yeah. yeah he was flashy and smug and confident he was, he was all that when he charismatic first, yeah. when he first appeared he's got all those goons I thought he was like a club owner because he was coming out of a club you know I didn't even pick the whole drug thing right away yeah um, I was looking at him going well he's he's looking good for his age you know kind of thing like he's got all his hair he's he's sort of thin still he's and he looks good yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Kevin Bacon's sort of doing alright isn't he um, like and he goes you touch my car again I'll kill you yeah. and he touches you I didn't mean that kind of touch I'm getting the hell out yeah. of here <laughs> not, not that kind of touch yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, no he was, he was a good choice very good choice and I'm glad he took that uh, low budget movie and you know presented himself as that role yeah that was great I just want to go back to the um, God and Jesus stuff yeah yeah the fact that he sees God and Jesus all of his life and he sees people's faces as like shining lights or demons, you know, was sort of interesting. A bit like, again, like he'd had a mental episode, like he was crazy, not like he was doing the work of God, like not like he was some messenger of God. Um, the most basic kind of rule of um, the Bible, I guess, is thou shalt not kill. Yes. You know, which he killed many times yeah you know he disfigured people he injures people he um you know well not much different to those people in red state i guess <laughs> i guess not yeah so what if we compare him to the sort of cult in red state he's like a zealot isn't he yeah yeah i mean we didn't like them did no, we i mean no. they're the villains of this piece but you're asking us to be supportive of him because his wife has been taken by these bad guys so no, no, that's an interesting point. I'm, I'm glad these movie, this movie rose those, um, those feelings, uh, th those reactions. Like you really dislike the guy, you really don't feel what he's doing is right. It's mm. just good that it brings out those things, and particularly the tentacle um, scene that you discussed. I like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it just made it more difficult to watch. Yeah, because you think. I mean, I didn't hate it. I was sort of like, oh, there were things about Super I liked. Yeah, yeah. I just thought, oh, I would not recommend this to people, you know? Um, I think it's going to find its own cult status. Yes, like, yeah, I no, mean, definitely. It seems like it definitely will. It's interesting. Will. The only issue I had, other than the relationship between him and uh, Ellen Page... Balty, yeah. Uh, Balty, uh, was the, uh, the gore. I thought some of it was just too extreme. But again, as you said, they sort of had to, to really emphasise, you know, violence is, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for a film that you're supposed to be laughing at because it's, you know, amusing and stuff, um, a lot of the time you're cringing, you know? Um, it's sort of mixed, but like you're being punished for enjoying it kind yeah. of thing, so then it shows you something horrible. Yes, yes. You know? Good uh, point. It is that old film, and I, you'll know what it is, but I won't know, uh, the really super old film where the slicing of the eye... Oh, yes, uh, Louis Benoit's film. Uh, I can't pronounce the name, but yeah. Yeah, uh, where they had an actress with... Uh, she didn't have an eye. They they put a fake eye in there, and then they sliced the eye at a super close up um, for the audience. It's a little bit like that. Like you're being punished for this viewing, you know, kind uh, of thing. Yeah, I think it was with Salvador Dali and Louis Benoit of surrealist movie, and it opens with that within the first couple of minutes, 
and it really sets you off like for the rest of the film you're like you cannot get that image out of your head yeah yeah and sort of from the beginning this film's had some sort of not great imagery you know um We'll talk I like that, how it punish you, you're saying it punishes you for, you know, sadistic... Yeah, yeah, yeah it's very because sadistic. Because you're, yeah. you're watching and enjoying this, yeah, yeah. it's almost like worshipping false idols or something. <laughs> Alright, well, it was good to see uh, the guy from The Wire, who plays Bubbles, as his buddy, you know, the fry cook. Um, oh, no way, was yeah. that, I didn't pick that <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I said, oh, well, it's Bubbles, hey, what's he doing here, <laughs> kind of thing. And I liked how when they're standing there and he's talking about the the superhero uh, how he was described as a muscular caucasian <laughs> that was one of the highlights that he obviously you know his reputation is growing out there in the world more so than his physicality yeah. yeah um let's talk about Liv tyler because i found her very difficult to like yeah what did you think yeah no she was a very unlikable actor but uh, he loved her really loved her, and she was not a good you know good person to mm. to go out um to marry you know but yeah is that is that what you mean you just didn't like her from a character point well, of view or as an actress well i didn't know at the beginning not as an actress sure. I, I i'm fine with Liv tyler yeah. as an actress for her doing this film feels like she's fallen from grace a little <laughs> yeah. bit you know i mean she was arwen in lord of the rings and she was you know in various sort of blockbusters and stuff and maybe such as armageddon such <laughs> yeah. as armageddon yeah, yeah. um but in this she's like a reformed drug user yes right all right who leaves her husband and doesn't leave a note you know if she cared about him at all she would have said it's over or something and left a note on paper or something you know because you don't get her side of the story until the flashbacks come in and then you find out that she's trying to she's gotten off drugs and she's trying to fill this void that drugs left and so she gets married and there's that scene where her sister and uh, Rain Wilson are sitting at the diner table with her yeah. and her sister says shouldn't you not be doing this you know you you have all these steps you're not supposed to make any big life decisions in the first year after getting off drugs and you want to get married you know and she's almost doing it to like prove she's normal mm. in a way yeah know? and um, I thought at the beginning very early on he comes in and she's smoking a bong and um, she's like close the door you know sort of thing and uh, she's there with a bunch of yeah, sort got of, of random guys, yeah, yeah, unsavory yeah. random characters. At that point, you hear his voiceover say um, he knew he was losing her, you know. And if he clearly loves her, at that point, he should have said, "I don't want you to take drugs anymore," or "What are you doing?" You know, like you want this to work still. There should have been any kind of confrontation at that point. I know he was cowardly at the beginning. He was, um, you know non-confrontational I guess but if he really loved her at that point was when he should have said something should have said his foot down he was, he was yeah. watching her spiral you know she's going down this drugs and alcohol path and at that point he should have said get out of my house to the other people or to her even and made a decision about it then by not doing anything he's made a decision as well hasn't yeah. he and he's done it too late hasn't he yeah, yeah and that would have saved the entire content of the film yeah he never would have had to have this episode and spiritual journey if at that point he had made any kind of connection with what was going on and he says i knew i was losing her so it makes me think if you knew you were losing her why didn't you try and stop it? right yeah. at the beginning you know within the first five minutes kind of thing it's only when they're taken away do you realize what you've lost sort of thing yeah yeah but i mean there's acceptance in that as well i mean he did not have that until the very end and i found it really unrealistic that nobody shot Liv tyler oh that's right yeah you know, because to Kevin Bacon she was like super useless they injected her with drugs uh, he said I'm done with her he tried to pimp her out um, she wasn't worth anything to him and at the end he says here's your woman back you know now get out you've ruined everything kind of thing and in the final confrontation with Frank or the Crimson Bolt as he's dressed and I thought at some point they should have said we're going to shoot her if you don't get out or they should have shot her and said, now it's done, now we shoot you, you know. She felt like she was open to being collateral damage the whole time. Um, but I guess that would have ruined the end of the yeah, film. Yeah, yeah. You know. It so, was a bit convenient, wasn't it? So instead you get the uh, the death of Balti, you know, Ellen Page. Do you want to talk about that? That was a big loss. That was a big shock because she was such a young character to be taken away no, I don't want to say innocent mm -hmm. but she was so young and to be taken out in that fashion so Instantly. brutally yeah, just, just casually like, wow you know this isn't child's play you know I think that really emphasised to young 
kids wanting to be heroes like if young kids watch this it's just like wow this this is serious you know? yeah the, being a hero isn't isn't a fun thing yeah the effects there like were good because she was missing half of her face which you know? really separates it from kick-ass because kick-ass celebrates it you know young kids watch it, yeah i can you know it's like a rage, yeah i could do that you yep. know with the right training um, and tools yeah with the right training and tools and then super's like wow it's real you know they kill it off mercilessly as yep. well and not a pretty death they really butcher a face it's a huge moment in the film absolutely and she was wearing a bulletproof vest but that always when everyone's wearing bulletproof vests i think why don't people get shot in the head and this film takes it the other it's it like does. a double double what if he shot me in the face yeah what if he shot me in the face <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah yeah um she had a lot of friends as identified in her party she, she had, had a healthy lifestyle yep she and, and guys liked shop. her she was good looking yep. she you know she had a great lifestyle yeah and it's weird to me that the mysterious appearance of her sugar daddy, as the guy says, um, that nobody reported her missing, you know, after this. I'm yeah. guessing he must have disposed of the body, you know, that she just disappears and nobody notices. And this mysterious guy who broke into a party and then she broke up the party wouldn't get questioned. Yeah, it's like almost this. the absence of cops. The only cops you see is a detective. <laughs> and, he, and he buys it pretty early in the yeah. film too. Well, not in the early, in the middle of the film. Um but also, I feel like he ruined her life, yeah. you know, by being a part of it. And I felt like almost the same thing happened with Liv Tyler. Like, it's not as if he saved her life. Um, it felt like he ruins people's lives. <laughs> you know? The tears at the end of the film, though, I thought were for Balti, not for um, Liv Tyler. You know, that's what he was sad about, is that he ruined this 22-year-old girl's life. Mm. And I just don't know how he's and not... He, and he, as you say, he's never really punished for that, is he? Not at all. I was yeah. about to say, how is he not in jail at the end of the film? Yeah. The best possible film ending I can think of for this, if you take out, take everything that happened at face value, at the end, he should have been sitting in a jail cell receiving letters to Uncle Frank. I uh, didn't need the bunny. wasn't important to the story. And he would have had all those pictures on the wall. But in his little private cell, he, he doesn't have to and be... And he had his own little victory... Yeah, yeah, that he had more great moments in his life. The fact that he'd saved Liv Tyler, resulting in her having four kids and that sort of thing, that could have... That would have been a big payoff because all of it would have been worthwhile. He would have wound up in prison, so there would have been, like, a penalty for his actions. If people go out and be superheroes and get people killed, they go to prison, right? And he would have said, this is what God wants me to do, and he would have been fine with that, you know? Um if he was in prison at the end and there were all those pictures on the wall I completely would have felt differently about yeah. it I think no that's um, a good point yeah no he should have really suffered for that there no, was zero yeah. zero suffering yeah, zero yeah. payoff it, it didn't it celebrated it didn't it yes. I mean with that ending yes no definitely okay what did you think of the wrench as a superhero accessory that was brutal it was a clever way to say again to emphasise you know violence is real and all the rest of it um, and it was something practical as well, which is what I like. I don't like it when hero films, you know, unless it's Batman, you know, because he has a budget, he can get out of that. I don't like it when they have elaborate weapons or anything, and he simply just gets a wrench, and as you say, that'll do. I liked it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah some of the stuff like that was yeah. really, there was more accurate stuff, you know, that I'm giving it credit for. Yeah. <laughs> I am being very critical of the film, <laughs> yeah, but no, I, you're right. I enjoyed the wrench um, as well. And yeah. This film has one of my favourite taglines in a film, uh, in this catchphrase, shut up, cry. <laughs> <laughs> which which I just thought was, was really funny and like, I could see that on a T-shirt and stuff. <laughs> it's a bit, a bit of a shame that this film didn't do better and was released at the same time as Kick-Ass. Yes. And, you know, I, I think over time it'll you know get that, as you say, that cult following. People go, oh, you remember that movie Super? Oh, yeah, that was hard-hitting film. <laughs> mm. All right, well, the film had three rape scenes. All right. I can only remember yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, apparently, the prom date at the beginning was raped. Um, when his prom date, they take a picture, and I believe the photographer is then sleeping with her, and right. yeah, he's just sort of on top of her. Um, there was the imaginary prison experience that he thinks is going to happen <laughs> in his head. <laughs> which is very oh full my gosh that is so graphic I forgot about that <laughs> and well you blocked it out <laughs> and uh, then there is the sex scene between the Crimson Bolt Frank and Balty and it's Balty who instigates takes, yeah, it yeah yeah and um, 
the director, James Gunn, referred to that scene with Libby and Frank as a rape wow. in the commentary, as a rape scene. Wow. Like, he wasn't for it. He became aroused and was taken advantage of in that moment. It was a very difficult scene I, to I watch. I didn't like that scene, yeah, yeah. I know there are going to be people who are going to say she looked really attractive in a superhero costume and people who think, wow, that's amazing. Uh, I'm the same. I'm not thinking it was so good. Yeah, I, I didn't feel comfortable just with that idea. I, I like the idea of the father-daughter thing. You know, he's trying to... Like, he's crazy, but he's just trying to, you know, say this isn't right for you. And then it just went on a whole different level with that scene. I thought it was a little bit like if you had to watch Batman and Robin have sex. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that kind of uncomfortable, shouldn't-be-happening feeling to it. <laughs> Maybe Batman and Batgirl, but not Batman and Robin. Maybe Batman and Batgirl. They're not related in the comics, are they? I don't think so, no. no. Because Batgirl's Gordon's wife, so no. Uh, Gordon's daughter, yeah. Um, the the thing is, Ellen Page, right? She seems to be drawn to these roles because... Have you seen the film Hard Candy? I've, I've actually got it. I haven't seen it. Yeah, yeah. It is horrendous. Yeah. Um, there's things in that... Not horrendous, bad. Like, it's a really interesting depiction of of characters um uh, i do recommend it but not if you're a male because there are scenes of castration and um things that just make you squirm and really uncomfortable like uh really full-on if um people want lloyd to see it feel free to drop us a, <laughs> drop us a note on our facebook page it's actually one of our friends favorite movies <laughs> yeah that's true um i thought the hitting with a cinder block was really full on where um there's a montage of him doing uh stopping crime you know don't litter don't do this you know, <laughs> wasn't litter but there's one where he drops a cinder block from like uh, a couple of stories up <laughs> onto somebody's head which was really full on but really pretty Dude, funny what happened to the person they just collapse you don't really see <laughs> there's a lot of assumed death a lot of implied you know people who didn't make it you know what i mean uh, just to say, I, I just want to get the, I liked Kick-Ass as well. Yeah, I didn't dislike it. Yeah, but yeah. which did you prefer? Is I guess the question. That's because a good question. For me, it just I, went too long. Kick-Ass. Um, the super just said what it said, then ended. Uh, what's its running time? Ninety like, something minutes. Yeah, ninety something minutes. Ninety-two minutes. You know, it just said what it said and then ended. No, I don't know. Kick-Ass went on for about forty minutes too long. Maybe I don't know. Okay, well, I thought that the one thing that Super had over Kick-Ass for me was um the villain um the bad guy in that one i like the bad guy in kick-ass yeah yeah, yeah. the okay. law and order dude right uh mark oh, strong might not he's, be the law and order dude i don't think then. it's no, the same yeah, guy sure um i think he's from the green lantern he's um the guy with the red face right name escapes yeah. me um but anyway he's a british actor i believe but i thought he was maybe the weaker sort of part um i was like you know Maybe that made it better for me because I thought that I was related more to the the Kickass. I found the main character in Kickass really unlikable. Okay, really unlike that kid. Oh, spoiled little kid. <laughs> more unlikable than Frank. Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I preferred Kevin Bacon as a villain. Sure, yeah. So that was why I. Maybe... I, I loved it how they killed Bolt in Super, like to really emphasize Bolty. Bolty yeah, to really emphasize again, as we were saying. Um, this is not for kids, you yeah. know, this sort of thing. And whereas Kick-Ass didn't. It was, it was a comic book movie. Sure. It was an action movie. Yeah, but yeah. kids aren't going to be watching Super. No, they, I, shouldn't, they be shouldn't be watching Super. <laughs> they shouldn't be watching Super. So the message is lost. Yeah. The adults go, oh, that's what should happen. Yeah. And agree. Um, that was realistic that she died. Was was unrealistic that he didn't die or mm. Liv Tyler didn't die. You know, that's where it sort of got Hollywood, if you will. Yeah. Um, Kick-Ass was definitely the Hollywood film yeah. of the two of these. Yeah. But I did prefer it. So, um, you know, you guys can make up your own mind sure. and let us know on Facebook. How did you feel about his blade shooting device and Kevin Bacon? Uh, I, can't, I can barely remember that. To take out Kevin Bacon, he has a, a squeeze ball air pressure kind of device that shoots a blade into Kevin Bacon's junk. <laughs> and then after he's done that, he... Kevin Bacon says something to the effect of, do you think this will solve anything? You know, do you think you can make any kind of a difference? Sorry, i got to say for American listeners, junk um, <laughs> refers to his groin. <laughs> well, if you've seen Super, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> All right, well, anyway, he gets uh, gets attacked and then he says, oh, you know, 
you think you can make a difference and stuff. And Kevin Bacon uh, is really, you know, in pain at that point. And uh, Rain Wilson's Frank, a Crimson Bolt character, says, I won't know if I don't try, and starts stabbing <laughs> oh, at Kevin gosh. Bacon in a very kind of psycho, yeah. Alfred Hitchcock psycho kind of now. fashion. And I, <laughs> I basically thought at that point, he's killing this guy in front of the Liv Tyler character. How could she possibly love him after <laughs> this? You know, and if was she high at that point? Uh, no, she was all sort of um, coming out of it, coming or, out yeah, of it. Okay. And someone went, like the 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 black drug dealer had um, attempted to sort of jump her, and she'd been yeah. like, "Get off me!" and stuff. And then she was, you know, seemed pretty conscious. So, not the whole film. I mean, there was times where they were injecting drugs and stuff into her, and. Yeah, she was just very unlikely. Yeah, it was a very brutal climactic scene, wasn't it? Mm. I'll give you a, a quote from Kickass. Yeah. Right? From the beginning montage of Kickass, the main character says, Come on, be honest with yourself. At some point in our lives, we all want to be a superhero. Is this a dream of everyone, Lloyd? I'll say yes. I've always wanted to be a superhero. We all dream about being a firefighter or an ambulance of saving a life and so forth. So in that context, yes. Um, I grew up wanting to be Batman. <laughs> um, yeah, I'd agree with that, yeah. Yeah, every time I get asked the question, what superpowers would you have? I always say Superman. Wow. Because of how many he has. Sure. Right? If you can do all of that stuff and kryptonite doesn't actually exist, you're invincible, aren't you? I mean, it's ridiculous. (laughs) Flying around the world to, you know, go back in time and stuff, it's, you know, far too excessive. Uh, You know, the Superman argument. Yeah. Well, um, there was another bit I wanted to talk about. Yeah. And I thought this took me out of the film bit. And if it was trying to be a real film, that it stuffed this up. Um, Like a real life kind of film. Putting in those comic book style pow oof zonk panels yeah at, at towards the end of the film where he's being a superhero you know he's he's beating up various henchmen throwing things dynamite sticks um and these big words fly into the screen and they say pow you know like the old adam west batman series you know how did you find Jeez, i forgot that was even there you sort of didn't realize um yeah I, I, it, for, for me it completely took me out of it yes i know the, yeah, like thinking about it now, yeah, that would have taken me out of it. Just being like, wow, it's so stylized, you mm. know, yeah. Which I, I I know some people probably think that's a great little nod to the fact that it's like a well, comic book movie. It's an movie. interesting mesh because it's so violent and people do die. It's not like a explosion happens and they get knocked back, like say in Sin City, like 300 yards and they're still coming back. Yes. Yeah. They're adding a comic book flavor as well as realism to it. Wow, what an interesting contrast! I don't know if it's a good thing. I didn't enjoy it. You didn't enjoy it, yeah, yeah. I I thought, what is this? That's an interesting take. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I was fine with the animated sequence at the beginning, where they're doing lots of superhero things. It would have been fine to throw it in there, but uh, towards the end of the film, the climax of the film, if you are invested in this character, which I wasn't very invested, I didn't really care if he lived or died. but if you were really invested in this character and then there were these pow oof zonk things, I feel like you'd think, oh, that's right, I'm watching a film. You wouldn't have, you know, been drawn into it as much. It's it's very kind of breaks it up. Yes. You know? Um, he got away with everything, though, in this film. And I think all the violence, everybody recognised him. It was... It shouldn't have happened. You know what I mean? The best part was that he didn't wind up with Liv Tyler at the end of this film. Yeah. Having the kids calling him Uncle Frank and stuff, that was nice. Um, as I said earlier, the end doesn't justify the means. No, you yeah, know. no, definitely not, yeah. Yeah, and, and I do think Nathan Fillion would have been better and that he should have wound up in prison. <laughs> yeah. The long and short of yes, it. Yes. Yeah. And does it all come down to him not really having a life? You know, had he had more friends and stuff, would he have not ever done this stuff? Yeah, no, definitely. And going from two great moments to many great moments, you know... He still, in a way, has condemned his soul, if you will, by committing all these atrocities, and and that he really should have been in the twenty first century, you know, punished, punished and yeah. caught, and no one would be cool with the pile of bodies that would have been left in that final scene, <laughs> the um, brutal manner in which they were all taken out, the fact that everybody knew his identity and the license plates, 
and um, the way that the 22-year-old girl with her whole life ahead of her was killed, the fact that, I mean, his wife, Liv Tyler, who, you know, they didn't last and stuff, but she saw it all. She can verify it all, you know, kind of thing. People would have seen the two of them together. There would have been other associates involved. That one policeman was the only police presence in the film, you know. Yeah. And he was shot, and then they got rid of the body. Nobody realised he was gone. Yeah, that's you know right. I mean? The police sort of disappear after that, yeah. Well, there was that other... There was a policeman on, on the TV as well, um, and he was... Uh, saying, oh, you know, there shouldn't be a vigilante doing this, you know, uh, you know, it's it's not great, you know, so it's just random sort of sound bites. But you didn't see that guy again, you know, it was just... He was like the only voice of reason. <laughs> yeah, so I, I found a lot of stuff that was, it was just difficult to mm. like. Yeah. Uh, I found it was occasionally good, but too inconsistent to be great. Sure. You know? Whereas Kick-Ass felt more consistent to me. Yeah. And um, I was talking to a mutual friend of ours, and he said that uh, in Kick-Ass, they were doing the graphic novels or the comics, I'm not sure which. At the same time, they were doing the film, so they have different endings um, from one to the other. Right. So there's sort of another thing, another layer to discover, you know, for fanboys. Mm. Although I'm sure there are people who hate the film ending and, and hate, you know, <laughs> yeah. like you say, you think it went on too yeah, long. Yeah, went on too long, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I guess you can judge for yourself. Uh, if you guys want to check out Super, it's on DVD now. Yeah, go check it out, guys. Um, whether you love it or hate it, uh, it's a very, very interesting film. And I think it's destined to be like a cult film, as yeah, I said. definitely. I will mention that the budget was $2.5 million. You're kidding. Yeah, $2.5 million. And they're making movies like Jack and Jill for seventy million. You couldn't have a ten-minute discussion on. Well, <laughs> I will now tell you the gross of how much money Super made: three hundred and twenty-two thousand dollars. That's it. That's all. Wow. And that was as of May twenty eleven. So. It'll grow over time through DVD sales. Well, that's the thing. I think and downloads. <laughs> well, video, video on demand is becoming big in the US. Yeah. So I mean, people are going to discover this film. Yeah. There's going to be that that corner of the world that thinks it's hilarious. That Dude, I'm shocked at those figures. That's terrible. Two and a half million. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's got the kind of thing that's going to seriously damage his credibility as a yeah. filmmaker. You know, because of the massive loss that they've taken. But as you say, mixed reviews. I think Rotten Tomatoes gave it like it's forty six percent or something. Really? You know, so right. It's, less than less than 50%. But I think it's it will divide audiences. Yeah. I think you're going to love it or you're going to hate it. Yeah. And hopefully if you're listening to this you've already seen it and you've already made up your own mind. And uh that'll be it for Podney if you can for this week. That was Lloyd's choice this week and next week will be my choice. We'll be discussing Morgan Spurlock's documentary, The Greatest Film Ever Sold, all about product placement in films. So if you're looking to watch ahead, check that one out. It's on DVD now and um, you can be abreast of next time's podcast. Sure. As always, we'll encourage you to go to our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash podme if you can, and um, again, suggest things for us to uh, watch and review, because we're always looking to be interactive with you guys. Thanks very much for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you guys, all the best. Yeah.